Angie, what will our listeners learn from our show today? I suspect I'm going to learn something. You probably will. Well, as part of us doing our best to give our listeners valuable information they can use when living their lives more creatively, today we're going to discuss customer experience. Customer experience, CX. That's something that impacts everyone, I think. Rather, we're helping our customers or we're speaking with customer service person. You know, there's a lot to learn in this episode. So that should be helpful. Hi, everyone. And here we are celebrating what people love to do creatively by giving them a voice. I'm Rod Jones. And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to the Thought Rope Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen. And our episodes are always absolutely free to listen to. You can always go to thoughtrowpodcast.com and listen to current and past episodes directly on the website. So you don't even need an app. It's easy. Yes. Okay, Angie, so why don't you tell our listeners who will be our guest today? Well, our guest today is Ferhan Niaz, who's a customer experience practitioner and consultant, a top 100 global CX thought leader, and CEO and founder of CX Future. Very impressive. Yes. You know, I think we're going to be in good hands with Ferhan when it comes to understanding customer experience. Mm-hmm. But let's start by hearing your quote. And you know what? As usual, I have a feeling we're going to really like this one. You know, I love this quote and I can't wait to read it to you guys because it was so right on and you're going to be amazed at who actually said it. So here is the quote. Whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well that when people see you do it, they want to come back and see you do it again. And then they will want to bring others and show them how well you do what you do. And that quote is by Walt Disney. Uncle Walt. Uncle Walt. And didn't he do that? He's brilliant. He did that so good. He did it so well. And uh, that quote kind of really resonates with me. And I think it would with most artists. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for you to do your very best job. And people will want to come back more and see what you've accomplished. But isn't that about creativity, though? You do your very best and the people will come. It's kind of like that movie, Build It and They Will Come, right? I know everybody's heard that to death, but it's really true with creativity. You do what you do best. You don't worry about, are you pleasing somebody? You they will come eventually. Well, I think it's really important to please yourself first and not be self-critical. Right. That's unfortunately that's what sabotages a lot of creative people. True. Is they become too self-critical, mm-hmm. and that's a mistake. You're going to make mistakes, of course, we all do. But if you keep moving in a positive direction, uh, people will be excited about what you're doing, and they will want to come back for more. True. And sometimes those mistakes, even in your life, not just creativity wise, but sometimes those mistakes are what make you successful in the end. Like some of your shortcomings may be the very thing that you should highlight in your life and use as a positive tool. Well, you know what? There's an old adage about when you get knocked down, stand up, knock the dust off and get back in the game. Yeah. And when it comes to creativity, you have to do that periodically. So true. But now let's do Rod's motivational moment. So Rod, you're on. 
Well, my motivational thought actually comes from the title of a book, and that is The Power of Now. Oh, yeah. Uh, that book was recommended to me several years ago by a photographer friend in Colorado named Janie. Mm -hmm. I think she let every, when she read the book, I think she let everybody know about it, and I can see why. I really appreciate her uh which, thank you, Janie, book. for that one. That yeah. was such a good book it, and yeah. great yeah. recommendation. But the book was written by Eckhart Tolle. So to quote the book, the power of now actually has quite a bit of power if you follow his ideas. Well, do you think you do that? No. I no. mean, yes and no. <laughs> no, that was quick. Well, no. uh, I, believe me, I tried. And, and I it, I think the problem is we all have a tendency to look in the rear view mirror to the happy things or maybe some things that happened to us that weren't so wonderful. And then if we're not doing that, we're looking ahead at things we want to accomplish or mm -hmm. things we want to achieve. I think the only time that I've ever truly been able to stay in the now is probably when I'm eating especially if it's a particularly good meal yeah. because you're concentrating, you know, it's impacting more than one's, all your senses, right? Yes. Taste, eye, sight. Right. Uh, in some case, feel, I guess. So uh, it's hard. It's very hard to stay in the now. It's so hard. And you know what? I, I think it's really, really hard. For me, it's hard because I'll look at things in the past because it's like, well, then I should learn and not be repeating mistakes from the past, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to learn from it and move on. But then you look in the future and you're like, but I need to get here. Or I would like to get here. Or should I be here? You know, you're like trying to match it all up. So mm -hmm. it's harder than it sounds in the book. Well, I think what we do uh, typically anyway in a given day, if you're in business or you're uh, even a creative person, you're planning your day, you're planning, right. I mean, if you're doing a painting, you're planning it. If you're right. uh, writing an, uh, a new concert or you're working on a novel, you're thinking about what you're going to be doing ahead. Right. But if you can think in the now for a while, at least a little bit every day, mm -hmm. it is, it does read, I have to say one thing for sure, yeah. it does reduce a lot of stress. It does. So if you're feeling super stressed, it's good to like really focus in on right this moment. Yeah, concentrate on what you're doing right that very minute. You know, if you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, mm -hmm. enjoy it. You know, I'm going to make one other addition that I just ran into a meditation and I, I don't know who it was by, but it was really cool because they had you review old things that were really pleasant that exemplified love in your life so you could bring more love feelings and more positive feelings and positivity if you're feeling anxiety. So I thought that was really good and cool. And this is one instance where I think that not being in the now might be a plus. Well, it's also reinforcing your, it's making you feel good inside yeah. when you think about good things that have happened to you in the past right. and you're celebrating your successes and celebrating your successes mm -hmm. leads us on to wanting to achieve uh, more success. Right. So you're bringing, happiness. you're bringing that more into your now. So maybe if you're feeling crappy about something because your <sighs> life's not going so great, you think about some of the old things of what you did and how how you felt and what sensations you had and you can bring that into your life instead of concentrating on 
your crappy life right now. <laughs> You're sure. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry to hear you have a crappy life. No, not me, but just <laughs> in know. general, you know, not Well, not in I general. guess it's called carrying it forward. Carry the good stuff right, forward. Right, right. Concentrate on the, the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, now we're going to be talking about customer experience today. Mm-hmm. As everybody in their industry, I guess, refers to it as CX, first time I ever heard it. Yeah. Uh, I've been on both sides of that table, however, and I know you have too. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're if you if you build a website that wants to sell something which includes art or a product or a service, you're going to have to think about your audience, which is your customer. And this is where this this really applies to creatives more than maybe they think you guys think because you really do have to target your audience and you have to think about your customer and put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, because you're, as we like to say, you're really it's really a one-on-one conversation. You're right. not talking to an audience. Mm-hmm. Even when you make posts on social media, you should think about the fact that you're communicating with just one other person right. and you want them to have the best possible experience when they hear what you have to say and you want to be extremely supportive and kind and generous and loving when you communicate with people. And that's part of the customer experience, mm-hmm. uh, respecting others, respecting uh, their feelings and maybe how they might interpret what you're saying. You want them to interpret it in the most positive way. Mm-hmm. And that actually kind of goes back to the Walt Disney quote a little bit. It really does. It does. And when we had our initial conversation with our guest, Farhan, we could see an immediate fit with creatives and how we all need to be more involved in customer experience and how that can greatly benefit their creative endeavors, sales, and of course, the audience that you have, no matter where you are or what you do. Well, you know, when I was thinking, when you said that, I was thinking about the guest we had on our previous show, Terry yeah. Nakamura. Yes. Um where we discussed branding and social media. Yes. I guess you could argue that this is potentially the first customer experience we share with each other. Mm-hmm. Probably every time we make a post or a comment. So true. Whatever you put out there on social media, everybody, it's going to affect your customer, your potential audience, your potential uh I guess your branding. Yeah, your branding. I yeah. mean, customers are also how it impacts your branding. People, you want people to remember you. You want people to respect you, uh, but you first have to respect them and honor what they're thinking. I, you know, I have to tell you, I think a lot of creatives feel kind of weird saying branding because they're like, "Well, I'm not a business. I'm a creative person." But I, I guess a way to look at it is, is it's you, like who you are, they're, they're making a, a statement as branding. So consider it more that and less businessy. Well, there's certainly been a lot of books written on uh, a personal brand. Mm-hmm. And rather we like it or not, we are all our personal brand. Starts with our name and it starts with everything we put out in society. Correct, correct. Well, you know what? Let's bring on our guest, Ferhan Niaz and hear from an expert in this area on what he has to say about customer experience. Great. Hi, Farron. 
We are pleased to have you with a guest today, and we're excited to learn about the human side of customer experience. Yes. Hi, Farhan. And most of our listeners have customers. So this is going to be a very helpful discussion for everyone. Uh, hi, Raj. Hi, NC. I'm very excited. My pleasure. I'm so honored and pleased to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, oh, we're pleased so to have welcome. you with us. You're so welcome. But before we start the interview, we ask everyone what they had for breakfast. Now, I know it's evening for you and it's just starting out daytime for us. But think back to breakfast. What did you have? Yeah, um, it's very interesting because today is a weekend here. Uh-huh. So on weekend, I have a very different um, uh, format for myself, I cook myself. So I did my own breakfast. I love to do a nice um, uh, fried egg, mm-hmm. a sunny side up. It has to be perfectly made. So I'm pretty good at doing that. A couple of slices with a nice glass of orange juice. So that was pretty tempting. And now you've got me hungry again. Oh, <laughs> that's, a good breakfast. <laughs> that's a good breakfast. Uh, that's kind of close to what we had, actually. Yeah, kind of. Actually, yeah. similar. So, uh, Farron, where where are you originally from? And tell us a little bit about your childhood. Um, I'm originally from Pakistan. I was uh, born and brought up. I belong to the capital city of Islamabad, which was uh, named in 2010 as the third most beautiful capital of the world. So oh, it's okay. very nice. It's next to uh, the uh, after uh, Everest. The, the next five tallest mountains in the world are in Pakistan. So I'm very close to the K2 and other mountain ranges. So it's very, very beautiful. That's mm-hmm. where I, I come from. Um, I left Pakistan about 20 or, or years ago because I was working for Citibank. So it made me uh, work in m- multiple uh, uh, you know, zones of the world, like Russia and every, all of the parts of the world. And then about 16 years ago, I ended up in um, UAE, some of the largest banks here. And since then, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, the beautiful Dubai uh, the fascinating Dubai, the world of Expo 2020 now. Oh, yes. So, yes. Now it's sunny. It's beautiful. The weather is amazing. It's about like between 30 to 35 degrees. Yeah, it's so cooling it's down, right? Pretty, yeah. Yeah. So when you were a child, did you ever think you would pursue the career that you currently have? Uh, I was a very interesting child. I was very... Um, uh, Energetic. My mom told me, she used to tell me that I could never sit idle on a, on a table. I had to fiddle with things. So I, I need to create. And if I couldn't find anything, I would probably pick up some stuff on the table, like food stuff, and start mixing them together. And that's how I ended up, uh, you know, being a big fan of Lego as well. And to date, I just, my biggest uh, uh, pastime is making Lego, Lego stuff. So I, I create. Uh, my my childhood was woman. Uh, my dad was a was an engineer, so he made sure that I studied hard. Oh yeah, I was, mm-hmm. the, I was a top student, so mathematics used to be my best subject. Hopefully not anymore. Uh, but uh, a lot of discipline and and values came from from there. So I'm I'm glad about that. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. You know, I I'm curious because I'm looking at my notes here, and I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite childhood memories when you as you were growing up? Yeah, I think I I vaguely remember my childhood, but one thing that I I specifically remember, uh, I was very good at one of the games here, which is very popular in my part of the world and many countries play. It's called cricket. You guys have uh, baseball, but we have cricket. 
And I was very good at it. And I was selected for my city, for Islamabad. I, I was selected as one of the top players. And then they sent me to another city in Lahore to be settled, selected for the national camps. Oh. And me and my friend, me and my friend, because I was very quick, I could bowl at the speed of 80 to 85 miles per hour. So I, I was very, very quick. That is. Um, and, yeah. And uh, when we ended up there, we saw a huge queue of uh, prospect players who were taking their trials. And then we looked at each other and we said, now nah, let's go and enjoy some good food because Lahore is known for food. <laughs> so I ended up going to some food street and didn't take the trials I could have ended up with playing for Pakistan but uh, I'm glad how it happened well that sounds like you had a pretty amazing childhood and yeah. apparently apparently and with your father uh, instilling on you a good strong work ethic and the desire to succeed so uh, you're very fortunate that's great and also an awesome cricket player yeah good yeah. job you yeah good job you <laughs> for, for sure by chance today Pakistan was playing Bangladesh and we, we won a very good match so ah, hey. yeah well congratulations <laughs> to Wonderful. the team and your country so let's jump into the customer experience topic, especially for those of us that may not know exactly what that means. Tell us about it. Yeah, I think um, uh, we all know customer experience and we talk about it when, when we and you hear about it um, and, and we experience it, you know, the likes of Disney's and Amazon and everybody's talking about these big organizations. But let me just clarify a quick little thing. There's a quick difference between customer service and customer experience. This term customer experience is pretty new. It came just a few years ago. It's not even a decade, decade old. Before it used to be customer service and customer service is just limited to the interactions that a customer has when they're seeking an advice or an assistance on a product or service within an organization. But when the concept of customer experience came in, we started talking about end-to-end -end relationship. This is how a customer experience is actually when the customers perceive their interaction, how the customers perceive their interaction with the company. And it is, to me, the sum of all the interactions. So when you start with an organization and when you end up your journey with an organization, all those feelings and emotions and your perceptions that you create, uh, that makes the customer experience. I'll give you a very quick example. Sure, please. Sure. Let, let's, see, let's see if you go to a restaurant and... You ordered something, and the and the and the, the gentleman who's serving you, a lady, they bring it very quickly. The meal is hot, and you like it, and you say, "Great service! It's good service." But when you go home and you endure and you pay your bill and you end up, and then you think about the entire journey. When we entered, how was the ambiance? Were we met with a smile? Um, did the bill not have any any maybe errors? Uh, was the music that they were playing? Uh, good music to, to the extent, did somebody come to us and ask us if there is anything else that we can help you? And how were we made to feel? Did we come back with some memory or with some emotion? That's the difference between customer service and customer experience. That's a very good analogy because we've all experienced that. We've all had great deals, uh, great meals that we've had, mm -hmm. and they were great and deals. Great deals, and I great hope. deals. Yeah. yeah, but that's interesting because, yes, we do leave a restaurant with more of an impression than just what we filled our stomachs with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's true with every organization. If you even if you're flying, 
you're you're uh, you know in anything if you're interacting with a bank or any other organization it's the same it's it's the end to end journey that you're talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. i can see that I can see that. It's very important. Um, in, in your career, you have worked with some major companies, like you were just mentioning, and organizations around the world. What was the one thing that you learned about how they handle customers? The difference between um, a good company and an ordinary customer experience organization and one that excels, and there are many names that we can take, and I was very privileged to work with some of them, like the likes of Citibank globally and all the other big mm-hmm. banks as part of the world as well. The difference is the culture. Everybody talks about customer experience, but even if, if the experience is not inculcated or inducted into each person's mind who's serving a customer, it doesn't make you a good organization. And the ones that I worked with, this is where we made sure that not just the head of customer experience owns customer experience, but everybody understands their role in customer experience. Everybody knows that they have a part to play. Um, uh, there is a very interesting saying by Steve Jobs, and I'm, I'm a big fan of him. And he said that you need to get closer to your customers, very close, so close to your customers that you know what they want even before they realize it themselves. A great, and great quote. Makes, yeah, and that makes such a good organization, the organization that understands its customers and knows what they want and delivers what, they, what they're expecting. Uh, I was privileged to work with some of those. And I'm, I'm guessing that that's what you train them to do or you help them identify what was going on within their organization, whether it be uh, positive or negative? Were you there to help them improve their customer relations or customer service? Absolutely. You see, I'm also very privileged when I say that I worked in many parts of the world. I have seen multiple cultures. And for me, it was always a new learning as well, because when you're working in, let's say, Russia to Europe to UAE, United Arab Emirates, which is a very predominantly uh, local population, and uh, uh, the values are so different. You you need to understand the culture end to end. And for me, it's so it was so fascinating to try different things. I'll give you a very interesting example. Uh, in Turkey, there was a very interesting thing that we were doing. In, whenever uh, in a, in the call center, we started doing something that we placed a lot of balloons everywhere, and in the balloons there were gifts. And whenever somebody would make a sale or do a very good customer experience, they would just stand up and the, the agents and they would pop up a balloon. It would make a noise and out comes a voucher, a gift voucher or something. Uh-huh. And everybody starts clapping and the customer hears it and says, what's happening? And we say, oh, somebody did a great, great job. So it was such an amazing thing. But when I tried the same thing in another part of the world, like in Russia, the agents, they said, oh, we're not kids. So you do something different over there, but you need to understand. And similarly, UAE, Islamic culture, women, you know, different values, right. different different ways that you handle. Um, and, and, and you inculcate the experience into that culture. And, and what I understood in this part of the world, uh, competition became was so fierce. The people over here, they like to compete with each other. And that's how you, you, you train them and you, you bring them to a, up to mark to deliver exceptional experience. Boy, well, you have Boy, to be very so creative, but I guess more importantly, you have to be really attuned to their uh, culture. What, mm-hmm. what, they, what one country feels 
in a cultural way it can be quite a bit different than another country, and you have to really have research and study that and understand it. Right, and also their habits, very different. Yeah, but absolutely, but and, and let's not forget that there are two common elements there. One is a customer. So no matter where, the customer is there. So there is a goal behind it. Everybody's there to serve the customers and provide the best experience to them. And secondly, I think when it comes to customer experience, this job is about passion. It's not about anything else. And if you have the passion and you can, you can ignite that passion within the people to deliver, and no matter where you are, uh, that formula works. How exciting. You know, I'm going to, the question that I have for you right now, you've answered a lot of this, but I'm going to ask it primarily for our listeners. When I think personally of customer service, I think of a person that answers the phone uh, when you call a helpline. And I know there is a lot more to this. Share with us uh, your thoughts on that. Yes, uh, I think the evolution of customer experience has gone in multiple directions, especially in this age, day and age especially the COVID as well, and a lot of stuff. The customers became, became demanding as well. And at the same time, it was very important to deliver and give them multiple channels. Even the word call center changed into an omni-channel contact center. Oh. It had to be a contact center, not just a call center anymore. So a customer that goes to any channel, picks up the phone, wants to talk to an agent, the agent has to have the information no matter which channel the customer is coming to. Now, when I when I look at different different channels, call center obviously will never lose its value. But call center comes in when a customer really needs some support. However, uh, the transition has moved more towards the phone banking. The phone, the, Your phone has become... Everything yeah. you can order your meals, you can order your uh, your your clothes, you can order primarily anything through your uh, phone banking phone uh, uh, setup. Then email is there, and most important now, social media, the social media, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. This is where the customer is going and trying to interact with the organization. You know why? Because they know that social media is such an open forum that if they have an issue, rather than calling an organization and trying to run after them, you just put it on the social media and the organizations run after you to deliver it. Yeah, and as well as you get advice from others. <laughs> That's pr- that is true. Well, you can you also know. see from other people, like when you go into a group like this, is you can see if yeah. someone else is having the same problem as you, so you don't feel like you're the only one. So it's Correct. consistent, Correct. you know. Uh, do you uh, go ahead? I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was just saying that I remember there was one indicator that we used to follow, which was the speed of answer on the social media. And we realized that if you do not answer the customers within a couple of hours, you lose that window to really connect with them. Well, especially on social media, because then other people can see the uh, interaction. Absolutely. They can all witness it. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you just a quick question related to this. We're talking about inbound customer service. Uh, what about outbound, like outbound telemarketing? Yeah, that always has its uh, impact because it's, it's primarily sales-driven. Um, that's where uh, you create the interaction with the, organiz- with, with the customer, and mostly organizations use it to cross-sell. 
So if you have any other, most of the calls that I get from uh, organizations where they say, thank you very much for being, in a, being a customer, but here we have something new. We have gone through your profile. We've looked at the data. We've seen your spending uh, patterns. Mm-hmm. And there is something that we would recommend. For example, now is the uh, new year is coming. Christmas is coming. Travel time period is there. Organizations have started calling customers, giving them solutions for how to travel, better, solu- better travel uh, plans, something for the customers, discounted gifts. So uh, outbound call centers will always be very, very critical hmm. for organizations. Interesting, interesting. Very interesting. You know, I, I'm sure it's very important to, to measure these customer experiences. How is it? How is that handled? I'm curious. And it, how, how can you tell if they're having a good experience or bad experience? Can you tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. I think um, I would be wrong in saying if you want to meet your customer expectations, you need to know their expectations first. Okay. In order to deliver something, you need to know what you're going to deliver. And the voice of the customer is the most critical thing in any organization that I would say when I when I create a culture or a, or a dynamics within the, uh, the uh, customer experience strategy, uh-huh. voice customer is the most important one and it's uh, we are redefining it i mean i am part of multiple forums where we are talking about different activities so i would give you a, a not technical but a very simple way of look so for me it's the voice of the business and what does the voice of the business uh, comprise of it comprises of voice of the customer the voice of the employee mm-hmm. and voice of the process so you look at what the voice of the customer is, and this is where the current and the most popular uh, uh, matrices are coming in. Everybody has heard of NPS, which is Net Promoter Score. Mm-hmm. And then you have customer effort score. You have customer satisfaction scores. If you want, I can explain those a little bit, maybe. Uh, yeah, that would be good. So uh, Net Promoter Score is now has become the pinnacle of all the organization. In fact, if you want to see how satisfied the customers are, everybody globally looks at the Net Promoter Score. And this is the uh, brainchild of Fred Reichert. I had the privilege of having a chat with him as well. And Net Promoter Score is actually an indicator for loyalty. It's a loyalty indicator. So the question is, how happy are you with the organization and would you stay with the organization and recommend it to the friends and family? Mm-hmm. So it's a recommendation. So if you want to know the overall status of an organization, you measure net promoter score. It sets a scale of zero to 10. So whenever you receive somebody and say, could you please rate us between zero to, to 10? Yeah. They are calculating net promoter score. Okay, and we've all been exposed yes. to that. I mean, even yeah, we get a survey even, and then yeah. people. Yeah. Well, ask even you, when yeah. you go see a doctor or something, they yeah. want to know they want to be rated, and then then they can determine how effective their service has been. And if I suppose if they get a lot of negative responses, they need to change what they're doing. I'll tell you very interestingly. It has three three parts. There are promoters, detractors, and passives. From zero to if you give them zero to six you are actually in the red. The organization is in the red. Mm. Seven to eight is still the, they consider organization, they consider the people who have the possibility of leaving the organization. And if you give them a nine to 10, that those are the people who are called the promoters. So even if you think, oh, great service, I'm very happy, eight is a good score. Mm-hmm. But actually eight for an organization is not a good score. 
on the net promoter promoter score. So it's an index which uh, multiple um, industries have different rate. For example, for banking industry, anything between seventy to seventy five score is a good NPS. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, uh, for different industries, it's different. But let me also clarify one unfortunate trap the organization that have fallen in they have started measuring nps but they have forgotten about other indicators now let me ask a quick question if you go and use an atm mm-hmm. let's suppose mm-hmm. i'm an organization and i want to ask you how happy or unhappy let's say with my atm or even with my teller you go to a bank and you're a teller nps is not the measure to to score because that's a loyalty matrix it's not a satisfaction matrix so then you do csat which is customer satisfaction score so if somebody i'm sure in your life people would have come to you and say could you please tell us how happy unhappy mm-hmm. neutral very happy very unhappy it's a scale of it's a five scale so this is where this is the kind of survey when somebody asks you that are you happy with our service or unhappy with our service or are you neutral that's they're actually calculating the csat customer satisfaction score and that's the right place to similarly mm-hmm. if you are joining an organization and you are for example onboarding somewhere so what is the best indicator to do there the best indicator to do there would be customer effort score hmm oh, okay so question is so question is how easy or difficult was it to do the transaction or what you were trying to do so then you calculate the effort score and that gives you the the scale of the effort difficulty and organizations makes so when i was creating all these i made sure that the right indicator was at the right place and when it comes to organization overall so these indicators but in the end what are you looking at from an organization perspective you're looking at how long the customer is staying with you are the customer repurchasing with you so there are a couple of indicators which are called these ltv which is the um, customer lifetime value mm-hmm. indicator sure. and then there is a and then there is a churn rate which is the let's suppose if you have a subscription with me next year are you regonna resubscribe or not so that's the churn rate how many customers stay with us and how many customers decide to to leave us so there are a lot of indicators i can talk about but probably no i think i think you covered yeah, you it really covered well it very qu- quickly that, and efficiently that yeah, was great right that was really helpful to me yeah. you know we a lot of our listeners are creative people as you know and i think that we all have customers if you're an artist or even if you're a uh, composer you know we all have customers we're all all looking for feedback from customers um yeah. What would what? I would. I'd be curious what your best advice would be to these types of people, creative people, entrepreneurs, etc. What What would be your best advice to them uh, on how they can improve their customer service? Obviously, if somebody buys a painting, you hope that they're going to come back and buy again from you, or or a book. You know, like book, if you have a book, a book on Amazon, you know, what do you do? personally on your social media or on your um, website, how can you be more engaging to the customer? Absolutely. I think it's a very good question. And it's a very important one. This is where all the practitioners, all the organizations, we need to understand where the organizations stand today in terms of customer experience overall. What is the perception of the customer? Where is your organization 
in from the point of view of your client for example there is a there is a matrix which every organization has to have when say am i delivering basic customer experience is my customer experience that i deliver is expected is it desired level or am i into a in into a level which is called the surprising or unbelievable so you need to know at which stage of the stair are you is your customer experience at this point of time because if you're delivering big if you come to an organization say i want to purchase a book and you get a book mm-hmm. that is expected there's nothing unusual about this this is not going to bring customers back the customers are going to be back if there is a caviar with it and say thank you very much here is here is a thank you note from me signed by somebody okay most yeah. of that person and says we value you as a customer we would like to see you again not a sales pitch but a genuine thank you mm. and if there is a problem they're not saying oh you know you don't return it uh, return it on your own i'll give you one example i was in zappos i'm a big fan of uh, zappos as well this is uh, probably one of the best organization in the world when it comes to customer experience and i asked them why are you guys so good and they said the reason why we good is because we don't talk to the customer we listen to the customer mm, okay so I- the customer so yeah Sorry, you were saying something. No, I was just going to say, you know, I actually used Zappos a few times and I had yeah. a problem with a, a merchandise that just broke and they were so, so helpful. They were like their customer service and they did listen. So I agree with you, Farhan. I think the uh, recovery of service is far more important probably in this case than the service delivered itself. Uh, so when i asked zappos i said what makes you guys so different they said we listen like for example when a customer calls them and they want to order shoes it's not shoe ordering online and they would say um, i want a pair of shoes and they would say fine what is your the size of your foot i think it's 41 that's all the customer had said do you know what the customer receives the next day mm-hmm. within 24 hours 41 42 and 43 oh. three pair oh, wow and they said try whichever fits you keep it and return the other two on our expense see that's great customer service that's experience yeah that's where uh, another example somebody calls their call center and this is a a, a gentleman who's ex army you know veteran army veteran mm-hmm. and says well wants to order something and during the conversation the call center agent is listening and saying oh i'm i'm thank you very much i want this by the way my son is crying at the back sir why is he crying oh he's uh, insisting he wants to get a ps3 christmas is coming on the way i, I can't afford it but uh, you know whatever that's it that's just a conversation happened within 48 hours the doorbell rings and the ps3 is there oh, oh my goodness what about it's not about the ps3 and anybody can do it's about people listening somebody has taken a note of that statement has gone to their supervisors somebody has taken a decision to buy that and deliver it see how the whole wheel is working when you start thinking from customer's perspective and not the organization's perspective people will always come back to you you know i really mm-hmm. like the also the comment that you made about 
once somebody purchases something that you thank them and you thank them in a genuine way and not sit there and say, oh, by the way, we're going to have another sale in two weeks and we'll give you a discount because you're a previous customer. You're not getting too pitchy. Yeah, that yeah. gets real pitchy. If you just come out and say, uh, we, we're happy to do business with you. We're so glad you like the product. Um, that kind of response is so much better than turning around trying to upsell them. Right. Absolutely right, Rod. What scares me are the scripts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Just today, I got a call. There's a lady who's trying to sell. Sir, this is a cold call. I'm not a customer of them. Oh, sir, we have a great property in Dubai. is selling property. And do you know what she was addressing me as throughout the call? Mm-hmm. Dear madam. Oh, hello. Uh, I, I made my voice more. I made my voice more clear, <laughs> and in the end, I had to politely tell. I said, "Miss, I'm sure you can understand from my voice. I'm not a madam." <laughs> and she started laughing. Said, "Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry. I was just, you know, I just." I was reading. This is a good example of a script that they have, and they just blindly read it yes. without even listening. Yeah, and you can tell that the call center operator is sitting there following a script. And then if you get them off script, it all starts to fall apart because I don't think, I think they need a secondary scripts to say, uh, be polite, be more uh, courteous, and ask questions. And have a real conversation and engage. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is why I ran some of the biggest call centers in the world as well. And I made sure that my people understood the, this difference. Yes. And I made sure, and, and this is not easy. And for this, you need to understand that you need to hire the people who have this capability as well. Oh, sure. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And in fact, somebody asked the CEO of uh, uh, Starbucks that wherever we go, so many Starbucks everywhere, wherever we go, people are always smiling and they welcome us. How do you train such a huge network of people and they deliver exceptional service wherever we go? Mm-hmm. Similar, you know, and you know what uh, the CEO replied? Mm-hmm. He smiled. I don't train people. I hire people who love to smile. There you go. That's a wonderful attitude. Yeah. You, can, yeah. you certainly can't train somebody to be happy every day. They well, also real, care uh, about the customer. I it's think a, cho- it's, it's a choice the uh, yeah. person makes themselves. Absolutely. Well, you know, Farhan, what is the one thing that you would advise creatives that, w- that could increase their customer engagement? The one thing that you feel might work? Uh, it's a very interesting answer. I think, I don't know if you would... Uh, you know, be interested. But for me, storytelling is the most important thing now. Now, organizations are known for the stories that they they deliver. Look at the big names, Nike. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk about uh, even if I um, go to, uh, let's say, some online activity, Amazon, Disney, Everywhere there is a story. Those small kids who come back, who dress like princesses, they come back thinking because they've been made to think that they're really real princesses. Yeah, story is everything. I I just delivered a lecture just a few days ago on storytelling. And to me, storytelling plus customers is the actual journey. You know why storytelling has become so important? Because it generates emotions. People can relate themselves. the stories stay in the minds of the people. When I, what, what is a story? In my journey, 
with an organization, there are many touch points and many moments. Those moments, if they stick in my mind and I feel like coming back and telling somebody, say, oh, by the way, I was flying Emirates Airline. I went somewhere. Do you know what happened? I, I had such an amazing event. Somebody did this. That's a story that you're telling someone. Here, you're not selling a product. You're not selling, but you're selling what an organization did as a story. The interesting so, thing the interesting thing about stories is it, it triggers various touch points in our imagination. That's why uh, a long time ago when you used to listen to stories on the radio, you would sit there, you know, half asleep, and you would imagine every single thing that take place. Just like you mentioned, a person went on a trip, and they had a really good experience. They, they went to a, a country they've never been in, and they share that story with their friend, and then their friend sits there and envisions all of that, and they create their own own story within their mind. I think that was a very valid point you just shared. Yeah, so good. The, the, point, the point that I'm making at the end is uh, when, when people tell story, then customers became, become your marketing and your advertisement. Okay, sure. Okay, that makes and, and a lot of sense. Who, who, so the question these people need to ask themselves and these organizations, what's my story? What is the story of my organization? Perfect. You know, I'm going to ask you um, a little bit technical question, but I would like you dis- to describe what digital transformation strategy uh, and design is. We are having such an interesting discussion. I will probably not go too technical into it because we will. Keep, I'll keep it more. Try to explain it in a mm. way which I feel today what's happening in the digital world. And it's very important, and especially with the COVID coming in. Yeah. The digital transformation has been, everybody, we, we, I talk in different forums, I think it's just got a kickstart, kickstart. People who were organizations who were planning for a three or four year digital transformation had to fast track it. And they had to do it in the next six months because that was the that's what customer wanted. And what is a digital experience? Uh, to me, it's the sum of all the interactions that a customer has with an organization via digital touch points. So every digital touch point, which is like website, app, mobile, social media, etc., and so your relationship with this organization through these that becomes your digital transformation. Now, what does digital tra- transformation does, and what it, it is touching? One. You're looking at empowering your employees. Then you're looking at engaging your customers through all the touch points. Most importantly, you're optimizing your operations. So when you look at the digital transformation, what is it doing? It is saving time. Before I had to walk into a a store or a bank or a, a, a branch, and then I sit there and then I had to apply. I have to bring physical documents, stamp, checking. Opening an account used to take three to four days. Now opening an account on a mobile bank takes seconds. It does. It's so quick. Yeah. So AI, artificial intelligence, augmented, there's so much new things that are happening. In the call center world, uh, cloud became such an important because what is cloud? What did cloud cloud do? It ensured that the staff or the agents could take a call from anywhere. Their homes became call center. Their own personal computers became the call center. They could pick up the calls thanks to this particular technology. So this is what 
the digital transformation does. Now, why I didn't want to go into technical definition, but what I want to more emphasize on and the, the fact, please, organizations need to understand that digital is just an enabler. It is not customer experience. Okay. Customer experience is the combination of digital and human experience. That's why I define it as human experience, which for me is customer experience, digital experience, and employee experience. So it has to be human experience, not just digital experience. Uh, I've been part of many multiple forums recently, and this debate is almost everywhere echoing, are we going too fast? Are we too much too quick in this race? Is the customer really ready for it? Are we thinking about the genuine old customers who are not tech savvy? Are we really thinking about the new generation? Or is the empathy diminishing out of customer experience that I really dread that day if technology would take over human experience and empathy will go away? And customer experience certainly is growing. Just you can judge that by the amount of mobile phones that are being sold and how we don't go anywhere without them. We don't do anything without our phone. And that's how we stay connected to the world. But that's how we stay connected to products and services, too. Absolutely. A big advocate of it. My only point that I'm making is make sure that give customers an option to talk to a human where required. If somebody goes to a call center and IVR gives you all the information, it gives you in the balance, it helps you sell, it helps you open accounts, everything. But there is a point where the customer wants to talk to a human being. Maybe that is the point where they really need the human. Maybe they just need somebody to give them comfort. I've lost my card. Okay, I blocked it online. But I want to talk to a human being who would just tell me, sir, don't worry. All those transactions that there are, we will take care of it. There's something, yeah, there's something incredibly satisfying about actually talking to somebody else instead of looking at we the screen. It. Yeah, we all it need is. it. I mean, and, we but are you know humans. what? There are a lot of companies human, during COVID. Yeah. I was just going to say during COVID where they really kind of implemented the online chat where you couldn't call anymore. And, yeah. and it's really frustrating because you're trying to get answers and sometimes you can't get a hold of anyone. So, yes, I agree with you. And Fairhan. you're trying to type something totally. in. You're trying to figure out what your actual problem is and you're trying to convert it into words instead of being able to talk to somebody who can kind of read between mm -hmm. the lines and understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know, GoDaddy is exceptionally good about customer service online. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say one more thing and probably then we can move on. My fear is organization is are using digital as a, a, a revenue, you know, stream, as a save. Because whenever they implement, let's say, chatbot or anything on a call center, the first thing they do is get rid of a certain number of agents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You, you, they involve technology. Stuff goes on phone banking. The first thing banks do, close branches. Mm. Yes. So uh, yeah. a little bit of balance has to be there till gradually it happens. So 
I hope some organizations have understood this, but those organizations who have not understood, they're actually losing customers, and I and I have witnessed that. Well, they lose it when you go to a bank and you want to talk to a teller, if anything else. You know, a lot of people have long-standing relationships with tellers, especially if you're in business and you walk up to the teller you've known for several years, how are you today, how are your kids, and all that. You don't get that That's when you go to a, a, a machine. An ATM, you get, no. Yeah, you don't get any feedback whatsoever. It's a cold experience. That was. Uh, thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that because it's. I mean, we ex- we yeah, experience it. Yeah, one second. I just want to make one other comment. We all experience that now, especially in the United States, when you go to a, a grocery store, they're all yeah. trying to push you to check out your own stuff, and it's really mm-hmm. nice to have a checker make a comment. Oh, have you? I've never tried that. Do you like this item that you just well, purchased? You have yeah. a conversation. But anyway, what were you going to say? I was just going to give you a quick example, a very interesting thing that happened, you know, some time ago, I bought a ticket for a movie. I'm a big movie uh, freak as well, movie fan. Mm-hmm. So I, I was with one of my friends as a guest and we went to a movie. So I bought the ticket online, great experience. You know, you buy the ticket and you have your QR code. And then I went to the counter and thank God there is a human being who's scanning your your code. And the moment he scanned the code, he said, oops, sir, I'm sorry, but this ticket is for tomorrow. So by oh. mistake, I bought for the wrong day. And now Oops. I'm embarrassed. I'm with a guest and we have these popcorns and nachos and everything in our hands. And we really, and he said, he looked at me, smiled and he said, don't worry, just give me one second. Tick, tick, tick. Here you go, sir. You have your new tickets. Go enjoy your movie. Awesome. Oh, nice. It's yeah. a good Machine. story. But yeah. No, they can't. Yeah, if there was a machine there, I would have said goodbye. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and buy yeah. new tickets. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna shift uh quite a bit right now because I'm gonna get into some more things about you uh and your personal creativity. And um I know when we first spoke, you have a passion for photography. And I'm curious, has that been a good creative outlet for you? Um, Yes, I think what photography has done, it's given me a perspective. It's given me, you know, they say that photography is all about eye, the eye that you have, how you see things. I started looking at things from multiple angles. And by the way, if I may add, I was... uh, um, uh, given the award of the best photographer for UAE in 2010. My work has been exhibited in some other countries as well. So for me, it's a passion. Oh, sure. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah. And it's very interesting that when I'm sitting with my friends and I visit somewhere and I take some pictures and then I post everywhere, friends say, oh my God, but we were there. We never saw this. Where was this? We were there as well. So you realize that you have an eye which... Uh, which which is unique and it's so I started bringing that into my work as well and people who I'm a, I'm a guilty of one thing and City would always will probably never forgive me for that City is quite City Bank was quite clear about there is a format of a presentation you have to follow a certain standard format mm-hmm. I was the only senior person who had the most colorful presentations nothing to do with the format <laughs> I have videos I have cartoons, I have, uh, you know, animations, everything. And, you know, in the end, people enjoyed it so much. And they would come to me and say, all the other presentations were so boring. You woke us up. 
See, creativity shines yeah. creativity here. Good job. And, and, and also that storytelling, you were, you're definitely telling yeah. a really great story as opposed to a black and white presentation with a couple of slides. And photography is all about story when you think about it. It is. It really is. And uh, if I may say, when I won the award, uh, the newspaper, the biggest newspaper here, which is Gulf News, they wrote an article on me. And if I just may share the heading that they gave me, they said, a banker that loves to capture moments. Ooh, oh, what a great title. Great title. <laughs> That's the title. I have the cutting still with me. And so true, right? Yeah, well, we're going to... really did. When we do our show notes and stuff, we're going to ask you for some of those photographs. Yeah, we need to have those photographs for the uh, for your show guest page. So that'll be great. You know, when we talked to you, um, originally we talked to you on Zoom and we could see some of the things that you had in your beautiful office in the background. And we found out that you are an avid collector of Star Wars memorabilia. And I would love to know, because I, I am a big Star Wars fan as well. And I would love to know when you started your collection and why did you start collecting? Who wouldn't be fascinated by <laughs> uh, you know, the Darth Vader and the Jedis and Obi-Wan Kenobis and all those characters. And I still cannot imagine something that was made in 1970s. Still, when you watch it, it looks as if it, it's, it's for today and the future. And uh, the story was amazing. And the characters were developed in such a manner that we felt that we were part of those characters and we wanted to be. And I remember when I went to Disney and I bought these lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought my own lightsaber and the, the all the helmets for the uh, stormtroopers and everything. And I'm like a kid when I go to Disney and visit those uh, Star Wars places. On one of the uh, Halloween, I dressed up like a Jedi. Oh. And I had the lightsaber in my hand and all the kids were fascinated who came to my area. And one of the kids looked came to me and he said, you're not a real Jedi. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) He said, you know why why the Jedi's uh, lightsaber is green color and yours is blue? (gasps) Oh, (laughs) wow. Observant. Very observant. I'm in Star Wars. It's Star Wars. And that's why I think the force is with me. Uh, always go. with you. Always with you. Ask a, ask our favorite question. Okay, though. I'm going to ask you our question we ask all our guests, and we are always fascinated by their answers, and that is if you could sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past, who would it be? It's a very difficult question, you know, it's a, and a very interesting one as well. There's so many personalities in, in, in the past that you would want to save, but I think I would want to be with somebody who who made a change to this world. People like Einstein, people like, uh, you know, people who've created, who did something for the world and just get into their minds and think how those things people were thinking. Is there something I can pick up from there? Is there something that I can get, uh, you know, motivated from mm-hmm. these people? I would rather go to and meet some people who were the geniuses of their time. I think that's a fabulous answer that's because a great answer. you can grow so much from learning from them. And they have contributed so much to mankind, yes. which is really special. You know, we'll get to the point where we have to wind the show down. And I have to say, 
uh, Farron, you have been um, an excellent guest. Yes. And you discussed something that I'm sure some people find kind of a complicated topic, but you presented it in a way in which I certainly can understand it. I think Angie could oh, understand yeah. it. And Made a lot the of thought, sense. Yeah, the thoughts and ideas on CX, customer experience. And we're, we're all involved in that. We're either on yes. one side or the other, but we experience it every single day. Yes. And you're you're kind of a leader in that uh, knowledge and and uh, use of it. And we really appreciate all the things you shared with yes, us. Yes, You guys are so comfortable, and I love the questions. And you know, it's so comfortable. Thank you very much. You guys are great hosts. You're welcome, and and thank you for sharing your thoughts today and sharing your journey with us. And now comes the time I let our listeners know if you'd like to know more about Ferran, we will have links for him under the show guest tab on thoughtrowpodcast.com so everyone can learn more about him and please connect with him. Yeah, yeah, this has been fabulous. I love to connect with people. I would be very happy to hear from anything that I can add value and learn from them. I learn from everyone. Okay, great. Well, we'll be sharing it. All righty. Thank you, Farhan. Thank you. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband Rod and I, wishing everyone a great day.